Welcome to AM Best Audio. Karen Clark has a long history in risk modeling. In fact, she could rightly claim the title of the founder of the catastrophe modeling industry and the first cat modeling company. She's also the co-founder of Karen Clark and Company, and she joins us now. Karen, so great to speak with you today. Well, thank you for having me, John. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Karen, first and foremost, are convective storms increasing in severity? And if so, is that making them more difficult to model? Well, John, the fact of the matter is that the traditional legacy models that are still used by most reinsurers have never credibly estimated the losses for the frequency perils, such as severe convective storm and winter storms. And I'm going to explain why that is. Um, The traditional modeling approach was based on what we call parametric techniques, where you can model an event with a set of parameters. And so picture, for example, a hurricane, a satellite image of a hurricane. Okay, we all know what that looks like, right? It's uh, it's going to be circular with rain bands around it. That's going to be an eye. So you can imagine that if you have a, the track of the storm, the maximum wind speed, the radius, you know, several parameters, you can model that and what we call the wind and the storm surge footprints pretty well. Okay, now picture a severe convective storm. Picture the weather channel in the morning showing you the weather that's gonna be crossing the country the day. It's much more irregular, much more amorphous. It changes over time. So unlike a hurricane or even an earthquake that you can model with a set of parameters, you cannot do that for a severe convective storm. So at KCC, we uh, developed a more advanced scientific technique based on new weather uh, numerical weather prediction, which is basically the modeling that you do see um, on the weather channel. And that allows us to model these uh, the intensity footprints much more accurately. And the other advantage of that is that the impacts of climate change, since we're, mod- we're our systems ingest over 30 gigabytes of data a day from all the satellites, you know, all the weather models. Um, and so we're continually updating our models based on what's happening in the atmosphere. So this is the only way that you can really incorporate climate change effectively into uh, models for severe convective storms and winter storms. As we move into the 2023 hurricane season, what are the models telling us? Well, the, all the forecasts aren't out yet, believe it or not. Um, the National Hurricane Center hasn't released their forecast yet. But a couple of other organizations have, and it looks like they're, um, we're projecting a, a, you know, average or perhaps a little below average uh, season this year. Um, but of course, as I like to say, that's no reason to let your guard down because the correlation between insured losses and fre- particularly frequency of hurricanes in the Atlantic is pretty weak. Um, And I think the reasons are obvious. One is, of course, you need landfalling hurricanes to cause losses. But more importantly, it's because uh, property values in our population is not uniformly spread along the coast. And as you know, we have pockets of high concentration in, you know, Galveston, Houston, New Orleans, um, Miami, Tampa. So it really takes, um, it's almost random when you're going to have a major hurricane hit a highly populated area, and that's where you're going to 
get your large losses. Um, you know, the case, the best case in point is Hurricane Andrew. That was an El Nino season. Uh, it was a very low frequency season, and at the time, you know, the industry experienced the largest loss they had they had ever experienced. And I believe we're in La Nina season this year. Is La Nina impacting the models? Well, what uh, what the forecasters are saying is that La Nina is now transitioning to El Nino. So we're expecting El Nino conditions um, during hurricane season. So that's the expectation. And that's why primarily the forecasts are for uh, average or slightly below average. Why they're not significantly below average is because sea surface temperatures seem to be a little bit warmer than average. So, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into uh, trying to predict uh, hurricane activity, but, you know, we, do, we are anticipating El Nino conditions, which will tend to, um, to lessen, you know, hurricane activity. Karen, you mentioned places like Miami, Tampa, Galveston, Houston. Uh, what do you see as the challenges, particularly for Florida and Texas? Well, obviously, these are states that are not only exposed to uh, major hurricanes uh, and frequency of hurricanes, but also severe convective storms. Um, so particularly the local um, smaller companies, they really have two challenges. One is, of course, getting adequate um, protection for the hurricanes, which are low frequency, high severity events. And this is really what the industry has been focused on for decades, is the tail of the distribution, making sure companies have adequate reinsurance. But of course, we've seen over the past year a lot of disruption um, in the uh, reinsurance uh, industry and companies are having trouble um, getting all the coverage they, um, they need um, for that. And then they also have the, the a challenge of the frequency perils against severe convective storm, maybe hitting their retentions multiple times in a year. So we're actually working with some other industry leaders now in trying to develop some other types of risk transfer transactions uh, that can actually help, um, you know, in, in these challenges in terms of getting adequate protection so these companies can maintain financial stability after events. I want to get to risk transfer in just a minute or so, but before I do, how is climate risk in general impacting the models? Well, um, all the different modeling companies, they make their own decisions about how they're going to incorporate climate change. So I can only speak for KCC, but how we incorporate climate change, there are really two aspects to it. One is making sure our reference models include the impacts of climate change to date. Okay, we've already seen significant warming, um, and so we have to make sure that our models incorporate that. That is a reference model. And then we also use the latest science from the IPCC and other organizations to give projected catalogs, fully stochastic, out to 2025, 2030, and 2050, again, using the different scenarios provided by the, by the IPCC. And so we, these views are necessary for insurers because even though their policies are one year, the expectations are that they're still looking out uh, to the future um, as to what can happen and they're managing and monitoring that. So as advertised, Karen, we're going to talk a little bit about risk transfer. What are some of the new wrinkles in that? 
Well, as I mentioned earlier, the, there's a lot of disruption in the market. And the, the indemnity, traditional indemnity-based covers um, are, you know, uh, traditional reinsurers are pulling back um, because there are a couple of aspects to the traditional indemnity covers that investors and reinsurers don't like. I mean, one is uh, it's a little bit opaque what's included in the losses. You can have social inflation and as losses develop over time. But more importantly is the long uh, time it takes to settle. Um, it could take years, you know, for a company to know their actual losses. So we've come up with other industry leaders with a new type of transaction called a modeled loss. And what that means, or it's also called the footprint product. So what that means is when an event occurs, as you know, KCC is always out there with, a, say, a hurricane footprint, right, uh, even before landfall for the wind, the storm surge. And for severe convective storm, we have daily footprints. So how a modeled loss or footprint product works is as soon as an event happens, the KCC models will produce a footprint that will be superimposed on a company's exposures and a loss will be estimated. And then the transaction will settle based on the modeled loss. So the advantages of that, there are several advantages. The two main ones are tra complete transparency. Investors know exactly what's included in the loss. And the second thing is speed. So within weeks, not years, after an event, the transaction can settle. You know, the seeding insurer can get their payment and the investors don't have trapped capital. Um, it settles and they can move on. So it's a very exciting product. And of course, but you need to have accurate models that the industry is confident in. And so, you know, we're really very pleased that, you know, the industry has accepted the KCC models as being accurate enough, again, on multiple perils, the frequency as well as the traditional perils too. Um, to enter into these modeled loss transactions. And one other thing, I should say this could also be done for ILWs because industry losses can also take years to develop. It can take PCS years to come up with a final number. So there's a lot of potential for this. And as I like to say, John, when there's disruption, there's opportunity. Um, so for those industry leaders that have better tools, more advanced technologies, they can leverage that to exploit these opportunities. Karen, I'm in no way questioning your integrity or your stellar reputation, but are there concerns regarding what could be seen as a conflict of interest using this sort of mechanism? Well, I don't see that there is one because it's really not any different from how models have been used, for example, for, uh, for cap bonds or what have you. The, the whole idea when that came up earlier is that our models are used by all parties to the transaction. Okay, so by the seeding insurer, by the investors, by the reinsurers. So there's really no incentive to, you know, have any bias in, in this type of transaction. So, or there's no incentive to make the, the numbers look one way or another. Um, but, you know, it's completely, it can, it's, it's very objective. Um, for example, for severe convective storm, these footprints are created automatically every day. Our scientists don't even touch them. Um, so it's completely objective. Um, and so there, there's really no issue with respect to any conflicts. 
Any thoughts or concerns as we begin the 2023 hurricane season? Well, again, I think there are challenges um, companies are facing and trying to get adequate protection. But as I said earlier, really, this just leads to opportunities. And so, you know, it's time, I think, you know, for for decades, the focus was on, um, you know, just hurricanes and earthquakes. But now, even though we're this is about the hurricane season, we're still in severe convective storm season. So um, it, it's time now, I think, that the industry turned more attention to the frequency perils and uh, new opportunities to help companies, um, uh, you know, uh, survive and thrive, you know, with in regards to these to these particular perils. Karen, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, John. That was Karen Clark, co-founder of KCC, and I'm John Weber for I Am Best TV. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.